Today is a day for focusing on the work of God in the person of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, the third person of the Trinity. And in particular, it's a day of celebration of that day of the great outpouring of the Spirit that gave birth to the church, the body of Christ, who we are thousands of years later. Here we are. It's a common and not surprising when something fantastic happens for us to want it to happen again. We go to some concert or whatever, we have a great experience, and then we want to go see that musician, that band play again. We go to a conference, spiritual event, a retreat, and the Lord uses it in some kind of meaningful way in our lives. And then we start thinking, well, maybe what we should do is have a conference again. <laughs> or maybe we should try to make every Sunday like a conference. In which case, we'd need to have a different speaker. Well, I'd like to make this observation for all of us. And that is, part of the meaning of those types of things is because they don't happen all the time. And in fact, some of these types of things happen only once. There was only one church birth giving outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because you don't need another one. There's only one day of Pentecost where the Spirit comes for the first time. Now, there certainly are more events where the Spirit moves in a particular way or some like great experience kind of way. That does happen. But it's not the ordinary way. And if it was the ordinary way, then it wouldn't be so special. You kind of need it to be unusual. Its meaning is in the fact that it's unusual. So, I'm, I'm saying this not because I want it 
you know, discourage this kind of thing from happening. Obviously, the, the Lord, as these things happen, that's not the idea at all. Or to not enjoy them when they do happen. Or gain what is to be gained. Because there is something to be gained in these kinds of experiences. But sometimes when we seek to repeat the unrepeatable, we might miss the miracle of everyday life in the body of Christ. Right here this morning, is God at work? Is there something supernatural happening? Well, you're here. There's one. You didn't think that was any kind of big miracle or anything. But if the Spirit moves and we gather together in the body of Christ, the Lord is at work in that gathering. That is a really boring miracle. but a miracle. If you listen to the Word of God and you are moved to trust yourself again or more or in another way or whatever, then the Lord God Almighty in the person of the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart and soul and mind that is a supernatural occurrence, you might not feel anything. You might just make a decision to do this instead of that later this week. It's not necessarily a big deal. Well, except it is a big deal. And so what I'm kind of hoping for is as we look at the normal and normative biblical idea of how the church grows, that you will see the miraculous in the ordinary. The fact that there is a church, the fact that we are all gathered here this morning, is a supernatural work of God. And do you realize that the Spirit of the living God, the third person of the Trinity, the Creator of all things, including you, has condescended in such a way that He indwells you and us. How does that feel? Well, I'll tell you, most of the time it doesn't feel like anything. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. Sometimes it moves you to do stuff you would have otherwise regarded as crazy. Sometimes. 
What about all the time? We're not called upon to do crazy things all the time. We're called upon to do ordinary things all the time. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. That is not something you should ever get over. And it's true whether you're feeling it or not. Because it's not about a feeling. So how does the Spirit operate in the everyday life of the church? How is the supernatural power of God realized in things that don't seem supernatural at all? Of course, the very fact that you drew breath again today is a miracle and a gift from your Heavenly Father. A supernatural provision, not something to be taken for granted, but something to be thankful for. We don't, we're not just thankful, we thank someone. Here's how the Spirit of God works ordinarily in the life of the church. We read about it in chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is the ordinary, everyday work of the Holy Spirit. Something to be asked for, something to be received, not something we make happen. Something to be received is the very Spirit of God who dwells in us, creates in us the capacity to be occupied by Jesus Christ. Through the, through the faith that we express. It's like this. The Holy Spirit's work in your life, the principal work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian, the thing He is about is to create in you trust in Christ. We read about this repeatedly in the book of Ephesians. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How does God impart this faith? By the ministry of the Spirit. It's what Jesus talked about to Nicodemus. You must be born again. Born of the Spirit, like we sang. Born of the Spirit with life from above. And what does that new birth in the Spirit work in us? Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Faith in Christ. The Spirit is very Christ-centered, which is only to be expected, because Christ is the reconciler. Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ is the one who by His sacrifice on the cross, made us together one new man in Him. Which the 
book of Ephesians later gives this label, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And when we read that expression, the bond of peace, we just read in chapter 2, right before that, that He Himself, the Lord Jesus, is our peace. So when we are encouraged to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called, which means to be eager, to be in a rush, to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, what it means is to love Christ together. Chapter 3. The Spirit would so empower you so that Christ could dwell in your heart through faith so that you could get the love of Christ. The height, depth, width, length. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. And to do so together with all the saints. This is the Pentecost every day in which we should focus our attention. And we can trust God to know if we need something more dramatic, which he will provide in his time. And you won't be able to get out of it when he does. How does this operate? That's what we're coming to in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, where we read this. I'm going to read from 11 to 16. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge and of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Wow. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. In love. What is the measure of the growth of the body? The magnitude and the character of our love. Jesus said it. This is how they'll know you're my disciples. If you love one another. He didn't say the world's going to know you're my disciples by the way you love the world. 
but how you love each other. Interesting. So let's take a look at how this works. There's three things in this passage, and we're going to focus really on the first three verses that I read, and then we have a lot more to say about all this next time. How the church grows normally. Does God provide occasions of drama and, uh, I don't know what to call it, uh, you know, leaps in our growth? I guess so, yeah. I think I've experienced that. I went to some event and the Lord moved in some kind of unusual way. But how does he grow us, the body, normally? Three things. The equipping of the saints for the works of service for the building up of the body. Okay, so there's two things that lead to the third thing. The equipping of the saints, the works of service, which are done by the saints, and the resulting building up of the body. Now, I want to start at the end of that because this text says what that means. What does it mean that the body is built up? Oh, and by the way, you might notice that that's the goal. The building up of the body. That's curiously corporate, collective. It's not about me. It's about us. The goal is not the building up of the individual Christian, though that certainly would be involved. The goal is the building up of the body. Interesting. We'll come back to that. So how is that defined? He says it like this. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Until we all attain to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So if you ask, who's the mature man we're attaining to here? It's Christ. So, we all, until we all reach this destination, that's the meaning of that word, attain. Until we all reach this destination. Now, I want to stop for a second and say, we all. Is this all of us? Well, there's more than one way to answer this question, but the answer is no. The, this is not all of us because there are other churches around our community and around the world. There's many, many, many of us. But let's say we're all in church right now, all over the world. We're not, but let's say we are. So everyone's in church. Is that all of us? You mean some people didn't come? Now you're the ones that came, so I can't really yell at you about this. But this isn't all of us. And even if all of us who will come to church this Sunday come, are counted, it's not all of us. Because we're not all, all here. 
But if I even, let's imagine we had a Sunday. We don't have enough chairs, but suppose we had a Sunday when we were all here. And all over the world, everyone was here. Every believer in Jesus Christ was present in church that Sunday. Is that all of us? No, it's not. Because we forgot to count the people who have already passed and are going to church in heaven. They like live in church. So that's some, that's more of us than are, well, I don't know. Might be roughly about the same. I don't know. Because there's a lot of us these days. So let's count them. Let's count all of us, all of the heavenly Christians. Is that all of us? The answer is no. Because there are some people who God chose in him before the foundation of the world who have not yet come to faith in Christ. Some of them might not even have been born yet. So if we think about who is the body, who is we all, part of the goal in mind here, the building up of the body until we all, means uh, there are some more of us who are out in the world still who need to become part of us. And they would do so by being born again of the Spirit. and trusting in Christ. Well, what's the destination? Until we all reach this destination, here's the destination. The unity, the unity, the oneness is the destination. That thing, we have already been instructed that we should be in a hurry to maintain this thing, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Here we are called to maintain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge. Those are two words that describe this unity. Faith and knowledge of the Son of God. It's Christ-centered, it always is. So the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace would be another way of saying this. Until we all get there. Till we are all one in the Spirit, like we sang in the song last week or the week before. Till we all trust and know Christ. Do you trust and know Christ? I think so. I hope so. Perhaps someone here doesn't. In which case, I invite you to trust Him and get to know Him. But if you trust and know Christ, Are you all the way there on those two things? Or do you have some room to grow? You probably have some room to grow. I think, I'm pretty sure I do. I could trust him more. There are some things I could trust him with that I'm not yet trusting him with. And I could know him more. I could know him better. And this word for knowing... This word is epinosis and it's personal. It's not just know as in you 
uh, have you, do you have a well-developed biblical theology, which, by the way, is one of the best ways to get to know him, is to know everything he's written and to understand it systematically. You're getting to know him. It's a complicated project. It's a big deal. You should get started. But the key here is to know Him and to trust Him. This is also personal. It's not about what you believe. It's about who you believe in. Now, of course, what you believe is a big, giant factor in that. So, this is the destination. We all come to the unity we all come to experience fellowship with God in Christ by faith, moved by the ministry of the Spirit. That's unity. We gather around the throne, and in doing so, we gather around each other. And we experience the love of Christ in the presence of God, in the knowledge of His good grace, and in the operation of His Spirit in our souls. We experience the goodness of God and share it. Because we don't do this by ourselves. We do this together and we all come to the unity, to the fellowship of the body of Christ with one another, with God, in Christ, by the Spirit. This is such a big deal. And it's what is happening in the ordinary, everyday relationships of the fellowship of this church and each church and every church and the church. If you just get together with someone for lunch during the week, someone from church, and you share some time together just enjoying your fellowship with God together in Christ, you might not even talk about Jesus, and yet you're enjoying your fellowship together with God in Christ. You are moving to this unity. And the body of Christ is being built. The second thing here of this destination is a mature man. To a mature man. Not to each of you mature men. It's one man here. We already read about this in chapter 2, where the work of Christ on the cross put Jews and Gentiles together and as one new man reconciled us to God the Father by the work of His cross. One new man. 
Do you see that what Paul said when he said eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, that what he's talking about is our fellowship in the body of Christ and with God together in the body of Christ? So that together we form one body, one Christian. In the modern age, we have come to think of church as being the religious store where we go to get our religious needs met or our spiritual life encouragement so that we become what each, so that I become what God wants me to be. And then it's up to me to share Christ with whoever I meet in the world. And I become the whole thing. But I'm not the whole thing. It's a body. And it consists of me together with all of you and together with everyone who has trusted in Christ all over the world. And we are one thing. And it is the one thing that really counts here. Church does not exist to make you a good Christian. You exist to make the church a good Christian. Oh, well, the first thing is related to the second thing. So it's not canceled. But which thing is the priority? How is Christ present in the world today? In the body of Christ. It's not on you to totally represent Christ in all His goodness. It's on us. Together. And it's on Him because it is His Spirit working in us to grow into this mature man. To, be, to come to the point of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How are we doing? So that in the experience of the church is the experience of knowing Christ. Wow. That's kind of big, isn't it? This is the, the goal. The building up of the body of Christ. Now, we need to build you up in order to build us up. So they go together. But the goal is the building up of the us. How do we do that? First, equipping. Equipping. And so Christ gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Now I'm going to skip ahead. Because... Equipping you for what? Equipping you for what? Oh, you're the saints, by the way. Everyone who's a member of the body of Christ is a saint. It's not just the really good ones that are saints. They're all saints. Because they're all holy. Because they've all been called by the 
power of the Spirit into faith in Christ and they have been set apart to God. They are saints. Every Christian in the context of the New Testament is a saint. Even the really bad sinners among us are saints. Oh, and by the way, that's all of us. For the works of service. What is works of service? Well, I want to start with something even sort of basic before that. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, like some people do, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, here's what works of service means. Show up. Because you showing up matters to the rest of us. It's not just uh, because you might get something out of it. You might not. Well, you do even when you don't notice, but you might not think you got anything out of it. Maybe you didn't even enjoy being here this morning. I don't know. But that's not why you're here. You are here to consider the others and to think about how you might stir them up to love and good deeds, the expressions of love. We always get this upside down. We think the church is here to serve us. If you read the Bible, it's the other way around. We're here to do the works of service. Every saint is to do the works of service. So the beginning point of that is be around and pay attention to the people around you. (laughs) This isn't rocket science. Pay attention to the people around you. Here's my definition of the works of service. Anything anyone does aimed at the building up of the body. Get that? Anything anyone does aimed at the building up of the body of Christ. So if it was, well, you got up this morning and you put on your clothes and you came over here, that was work of service. That was something you did for the building up of the body of Christ. Even if you weren't thinking about the building up of the body of Christ when you did it. It could be a lot of different things. Here's what I want to ask you to do right now. And I'm not an ask you to do stuff kind of preacher, but I am today. Here's what I want you to, to ask you to do right now. See if you can spot one opportunity that you will take before you leave here today. 
to serve for the building up of the body. One, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't need you to, well, I do need you to volunteer for the tech team, for the music team, for the kids ministry team, for the this, that, and the other ministry teams. We need people, obviously. But that's not what I'm talking about. Although, if that's your thing, great. Please come and see me or see Yanto if you want to volunteer on the tech team. Um, but just, just think one thing, one thing that I will do to serve for the building up of the body before I leave here this morning. And I would suggest to you that next Sunday you think of that thing before you get here. Because that's why you're here. One thing. Now, I'm going to give you some help. Here's what a work of service is. Here's a way you could think of this. I'm going to be willing to do anything I can do. If I see something need, needs doing and I can do it, I'm willing. I'm ready. I'll do it. Because we tend to elevate this to be some kind of big deal. Some kind of, oh, I need to be the director of children's ministry. And we think that's a work of service. But smiling at somebody and genuinely greeting them is a work of service also. It includes this work of service. It includes but it is not limited to permanent roles of service. Like volunteering to serve in the tech team, that's a permanent role. The people who do that, we need them to do it every Sunday. We don't need a, every one of them to do it every Sunday if there's enough of them. Uh, it could be, a work of service could be a task. A task that happens one time, and that's all. Or it could be a task that happens regularly. Or it could be changing my attitude. Adopting an attitude for the sake of the building up of the body of Christ. Or a different mindset. Or it could be engaging in a conversation. Every Sunday we have our time of fellowship. And I serve for the building up of the body of Christ by engaging in simple, casual conversation that builds up the bonds of the church that generates friendship, that generates mutual trust, that makes you matter to me and me matter to someone personally. It could be just spending time, hanging out. It doesn't, doesn't all happen on Sunday morning. It could be giving, participating in the offering, or sharing anything else. Maybe you know how to do algebra. And there are some kids in the fellowship of our church that need to know 
how to do algebra. I don't know why they need to know that, but suppose they do, and you know it, and you could tell them. Suppose someone needs a ride and you have a car. Sharing. Sharing life. Uh, it could be just extending forgiveness. Mm, in fact, that one's explicitly called for in the Scripture. Someone did something or said something that it's like, that offends me. It's a work of service to say, I'm letting go of that. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to try to forget that happened. And I'm going to do my best never to let it have any kind of effect on the love of the body of Christ, which is the heartbeat of who we are. That's a tough one. It could be the work of following the teaching. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're quite familiar with that. You come in here, and maybe it's not always easy to follow what I'm teaching. I don't know. I get it. Usually. And maybe you just need to make a commitment to say, I'm going to try to stay focused. It's, it's a big, it's a work. Or to pay attention to what you've already been told. All of these things are works of service. So, I invite you to think. Before you leave here today, can you spot one opportunity? The question is, why are you here? Why are you here? The biblical answer may not be the same as the answer you started with. We tend to think, I'm here to get what the church gives. Great, we're happy to share. But the biblical answer for the Christian is, I'm here to be the gift. In fact, whether I'm thinking of that purpose or not, that's God's purpose. That's what we talked about last Sunday. You are the gift. And God puts us in the body on purpose, for a purpose. And we're going to spend some time in the coming weeks thinking about how do I find my spot? How do I see where I go in the purpose of the body of Christ, in the building up of the body of Christ? Meanwhile, of course, one way you go is just be you and be around because you're not the same as me or the next person. And each one of us is here not just for what we can do, but for who we are and how we together form the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is a very high calling and it's a very steep challenge. But this is what we want to see in the body of Christ. The ordinary 
work of the Spirit in the day-to-day love of the church that sometimes hurts a little, sometimes it's hard to get yourself to go there, but it's the regular old stuff of being the family of God. Does it feel good every day to be in your family? The family life is an ordinary life with a supernatural power underneath it. That's what we need. Father, thank you for this good grace. The love of Christ. Lord, help us to see where we can participate, where we can consider someone in order to stir up this love. Stir up good deeds, the expressions of this love. Simple things, Lord. Just to be there for each other. And not just on Sunday, Lord, but anytime. For the building up of the body of Christ. Lord, we want this church and we want every church We want the whole church to grow to the fullness of Christ. Thank you for operating in us for that purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.